When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. This is nice, is it not? Look at us. I'm going to give a horns up. Boy, the President's Podcast Studio has it going on here. Are we guys. going now? Yeah, let's go. This is legit. Legit. We should tell people where we are, Chris. Go ahead. Play we, by play where we are. Uh, well, that's your job. Um, no, no, no. You won a national championship. Multiple national championships. We are deep within the journalism college. Yeah, Gaylord. Gaylord School, Gaylord College. And they have a podcast studio in here, which this year, now maybe this is a little bit too inside baseball, but this no year. Such thing on podcast. No such thing on a podcast. Uh-huh. But we would typically do our, our podcast on Tuesday, like after the coaches show and. Yeah, it just coaches press conference and schedules are different. So where this is going to work, Toby Rowland, this is going to work. This is a brand new studio. I understand was built for the president. That's right. To do his podcast in the president of the University of Oklahoma. That's Joe right. Harris. And it is uh, we got glass walls here. We can see into where all the uh, students are doing their work. The screen just went black. Is no worries. Concerning? No worries. Okay. We're still recording. Ooh. I mean, it is, it is top of the line. This is fantastic. There's actually even a speaker in here. So, yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know what to do with myself. Now, I know you're looking around. Have you – do you see the way in which we video this for the people who want to see us next week? Yes, we're going to bring in our own equipment. Okay. So that's going to – now, that's going to probably require a completely different setup, and I'm going to be asking a lot of, hey, I did it like this, and I know that's not right. So how do you do it? I'm pretty sure. Nice. I'm pretty right. sure the way I have this all set we up. We are a little wrong. bit of a fishbowl situation. We are right. Uh, people, I can see there are some people that are watching. I don't think they can hear us. I assume this is soundproof. It might not be. It could be that we are echoing on speakers across campus. Right could now. be. Uh, could be that President Harris is listening to us could in his be. office. But I. Uh, but there's definitely. Uh, there's Barbara Marks. I used to work for her at Channel Nine. Uh, walking by. And Are we going to have a special me. guest in the middle of this podcast? Is that what's going to happen? I don't happen? know. There's a lot of students <laughs> doing important work and, and teachers, professors, I think they're called in college. <laughs> and uh, so this is abnormal for us to be able to be seen by people. Right. right. When we're doing our 
Although I guess we are normally in a TV studio. So this is going to drop pretty pretty quick on Monday. But it's game week, Chris. It's game week, and it's a whole new schedule for you. So you're yeah. here, here, we're taping this you at too. 1 o'clock Central Time, and you're going to be in Norman until about 10 o'clock, if not later, tonight, because, see, I can't see any way that, because we've moved the Rudy's show to Monday nights, yeah. and so now fans get a little double dip. They get the huddle from 7 to 8, and they get Brent Venables from 8 to 9. Right. Have my times right? You you do. Good. This week, it'll change next week for one week only, <laughs> but yes. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, new coaching staff, new schedule, um, new way of how they go. You know, they're practicing now in the afternoons instead of in previous years. They've practiced in the mornings. And uh, so just trying to accommodate everybody's schedule and what would be best for Coach Venables and the team and everything. They've shuffled some things around this year. I'm excited about it. Good. I, so our everything was on Tuesdays last year, this year – Almost everything is on Monday, except for Brent's press conference. Okay. Here's what I really like selfishly about this. (laughs) Go ahead. Our shows, the Huddle and the Brent Venables Coaches Show, will be on Monday night at Rudy's before he has his weekly press conference on Tuesdays. Nice. In the past, we've always been after. So it is very difficult to try to ask things that haven't already been asked (laughs) by the finest and brightest members of our media. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's always kind of been the challenge of that show. How do we not make this redundant for the people who just watched the press conference earlier today? And hopefully we've been able to accomplish that. But now we get first crack at it. That's right. I mean, he'll do his post-game press conference after the game. But this will be the first time since he's gone back, watched the film, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm excited about that. Plus, uh, we knock all this out on Monday. we got the rest of the week to prepare for the next opponent. So this is uh, exciting. It was so weird because as we tape this, and it won't be live next week, so you guys will we'll do it live. We'll do it live. But as we tape this, um, we just finished wrapping up Coach's Corner. And so the we first talked, one of the year. First one of the year, Bill Beanbow and Todd Bates. And it was – I'm not going to lie to you. It was, it was really cool, you know, because – Number one, you get it knocked out early in the week. Uh, yeah. So that's good. And then maybe maybe number two, and, and most importantly, thinking about future games, the Saturday game is still very much fresh on a coach's mind. Yeah. So, you know, again, this is breaking down the fourth wall, but I'm sure it's it's information that somebody outside my mom who's listening cares about. But what, what Incorrect. A lot of people care. And this will air on Wednesday, right? That's on right. ESPN Plus. That's right. Typically, we would take the show. You and Gabe. Gabe and I with two coaches every single week, an offensive and a defensive coach. And in years past, when we would tape it on Wednesday, they'd be like, Coach, hey, I know the game was Saturday and it's Wednesday now and you and you flushed it. Now we don't have to worry about that. And I think that's pretty cool because, especially when you're coming off a win, it, it's fun to talk about, right? Question. Go ahead. You did this in what I believe is another new studio. That's right. right. We were downstairs. Or the renovated television studios at Sooner Vision is where you shot that show today. Yeah, downstairs. They've been completely renovated because of the change to ESPN Plus, right? Yeah, and the the graphics package is amazing. It looks good. It looks really good. How's cool. the studio? In fact, um, very similar. I'm not going to try to ruin anything, but I didn't go look upstairs. Okay. So I just was downstairs. Did they renovate downstairs and upstairs? I think here's the big renovation for you and I. New chairs down there. Oh, that's good. Right? We did not like the old no, chairs. No, new chairs. So that's all I needed. But, no, they've, it, it's really cool. I think fans are going to appreciate it. Um, I ESPN Plus and, you know, $9.99 a month, the, the annual deal is really good. You can look at that Hulu. I've already, got my, I've already got my money's worth from ESPN Plus by watching soccer and volleyball games. Good. So far this month. So I, it's funny. Toby and I both do radio shows during the week, and your co-host, TJ Perry, was fighting kind of the same battle that I'm fighting. Now, TJ's wasn't with a, a wife. It was with himself. But my wife and I... His is with common sense. His is with common sense. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I'm sure there's a faction that says, well, I got ESPN. Why do I need ESPN Plus? I just want to let everyone know, if you're having problems with that conversation, I am available. Um, I have a, 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 a oh, really? slideshow, really? a PowerPoint. Because He's prepared a presentation as to why they should get ESPN+. I sold my wife on it, and that's a, not an easy that's sell. That's a big one. In fact, we may even be getting the Hulu part of it and get the whole bundle. 
look at. Wow. But it, it's it, I get it. I completely understand. And especially if if you're going into a, a budget meeting with the family, it's like we already have this. But you said it, it Drop really pays something for else and right. get ESPN Plus exactly if you need to if you're a Sooner fan. Yeah, it's and it's so a budgetarial situation because this is going to be a great value in your sports life if it's important to you. If right. following the Sooners, you know, we're talking about a hundred plus games a year. Wow. It, across the board, there'll be one football game on there. Mm-hmm. The Kent State game this That's year. That's right. right. And then uh, all of the huddles, the coaches' shows, the assistant coaches' shows that you were just talking about, press conferences, and then a hundred other games, basketball, baseball, softball. I assume all of this is part of your slide presentation. It is. That you've prepared. That's right. PowerPoint. We're talking about all that just OU stuff. That's right. For $9.99. In addition to that, for the same price, for no more, you get everything else that's on ESPN+, Plus, which is... Thousands of games across college sports. 30 for 30s. All yeah. of them. All of them are available on a click of a button. Here's what I love. Like college baseball for me, college softball oh, for yeah. you. You know, there aren't broadcasts of all of those games readily available. Not just OU. I'm talking about other Big 12 teams or other teams across so the country. So true. So true. I love, because I'm a college baseball, you know, geek I love just sitting back on any night of the week and watching college baseball from around the country. And so I, I, it is a great value in my house. I can't speak for everybody else out there, but I think it's a great value. Available for hire. Hit me up at Plank Show. I'll come to your house. I'll give the presentation. <laughs> All right. Uh, on, speaking of that, ESPN Plus Wednesday and ESPN Plus for the coaches shows tonight. Check it out. Yeah. And, of course, on, on the radio site, too. Press conference tomorrow. ESPN Gosh, Plus. 11-15, too. Are you going to be okay? On this press conference thing, I'm a little worried about the first 15 minutes. Not that you can't fill it. Right, right. But do you have a plan for this, or are we just ad-libbing? So as, you come on the air at 11. Right. And Brent doesn't come to the dais until 11.15. 11, That's right. So what's the plan here? Well, I've always wanted to do a red carpet show, right, with the uh, with, uh, <laughs> press conference intro since I guess I'm on about year four or five in doing it. And when when, when COVID and it was virtual, it was a little bit tougher. But yeah. I mean, couldn't you imagine sitting there? It's like, welcome to the Brent Venables coaching show and have like a countdown. We are 15 minutes from Coach Venables taking the dais. I mean, talk about what they're wearing, oh, the questions that. they might ask. I'm sure I would probably get to do about one of those <laughs> before I like people would start dressing sharper. They would. Yeah, if they knew that you were going to be broadcasting it across. ESPN Plus every week, ladies and gentlemen. And Dean Levin sitting next to me. Dino, you going with the uh, you going with the early arrival today? Yeah. I see. Give so me the you strategy. Plan on doing a, pla- a play-by-play of <laughs> just the room. That would be fun. Until... But I think until I think until maybe a couple of weeks in that we're and you're going to get it as soon as this as soon as Toby and I get done here, you're going to hear Ted Roof and Jeff Levy from earlier today. They just finished up their mm-hmm. press conferences. You know, we take this at you know 120 on a on a Monday, but we we got that. So I'm gonna chop up a good okay seven minute chunk. So hello, I'm guys. Chris Plank. Here's a little of what Ted had to say. Right, right. Hello, I'm once again Chris Plank. Here's a little bit of what Jeff had to say. That's right. Welcome back. I'm Chris Plank again. Now it's time for Brent Venables. Pretty much. Okay. So I plan on it. Yeah, that's good. You know, there might even be part of this on the podcast. Of our podcast. Yeah. Though. Yeah, where it's like, hey, Toby and I talked about yesterday the excitement of the season. Boom. Oh, boy. See, I see. I think you're scaring away viewers at that point. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I think you're bringing the quality of your show. <laughs> well, speaking of that. I um, can't wait. I, I do. I, honestly, this is great I'm so excited about the ESPN Plus thing. Um. Because for too long now, people have asked me, where do we watch the show tonight? <laughs> and, or where do I watch the game? And I have not known with confidence how to tell them. You don't know what channel. I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is on your TV. I don't know what system you have. I don't even know. It's Maybe it's airing after a tape-delayed hockey game some <laughs> night. I don't know. It's been a bad situation. And now, with confidence, I can tell everyone every week, it's going to be on ESPN Plus. Boom. So that makes me very happy. Football's here, man. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you had a chance to refresh a little bit this past weekend. Um, I got lucky because with you out, I got to MC the 20-year oh, yeah. reunion of the O2 team. How was that? Have you talked to your son about I it? I have, yeah. Okay. Trevor was, was there. He said it was awesome. Yeah, we had a blast. It was really cool. 
Um, I don't really know if if I did anything. Because I, I did the live auction. What do you mean? I was dumb terrible at live auctions, by the way, because. You know, you, you mean you presented the auction and you also were the right. auctioneer? Yeah, and, and actually, there was, I hate that. oh, it's the worst. Yeah. But there was a there was a nice man who uh, who said, "I'll help you out." And he grabbed the microphone and he went in the back. Here's here's what happened. It was so social that nobody nobody like, was listening. Yeah, to yeah, you. no one was listening. To, I did not command the room. I see. But you know who did command the room? Porter Moser and Kelvin Sampson. Yeah. They came in and just everyone. We should have started with Porter, right? Just going, hey, hey. Let's go, yeah. and then everyone would have like he's getting his team in line. Right, right. Um, the cool thing about Friday night, and this was the 20 year anniversary, the tip off of the, it's it's like the tip off dinner, but it's also a celebration of the Legends Legends Golf Tournament. Right. They, um, they had it all out where I was going to introduce Kelvin, do a, a quick interview, and then bring up players and do like a round table. Kelvin came up, talked for about 10 minutes. Said, everyone get up. Everyone get up. And basically, he just, did it for you. He did all my work for yeah. me. I was could never be happier. Um, they, they would literally be having conversations with people in the crowd, sharing stories the whole time. That's great. It was Hollis was back. Hollis was back. Quanis. Quanis was back. Ace. Ace McGee was there. The only person who wasn't there was Selby. I heard you mention that this morning. Oh, no Darian. No Darian Selby. Kellen he, came back. Kellen was here. Okay. I think if I understood the Selby situation correctly, um, his flight got canceled on him, and he was just a wreck that he didn't get to come. So it was it was really that Man, was a cool I time. I think it's super cool that Porter, it, you know, put this together and invited oh, yeah. Kelvin back. It was awesome. So and, and Kelvin accepted. You know, he didn't have to. I mean, I'm sure there were some hard feelings of maybe there are, maybe there aren't about how things went down. But I know Kelvin appreciated. Porter reaching out and wanting to set this up. 20th anniversary of that great Final Four team. And um, that is really special. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you got to be there. I wish I had been there. There's two moments. One of them I'll tell you off of you. The other one, <laughs> the, the, the coolest moment, though, was Joe C. spoke, and he still had his 2002 Final Four bag. And he, he had brought up how Kelvin Sampson always joked, we didn't have a McDonald's All-American, but we had dudes that ate McDonald's. Yeah. And I guess after one of their big wins, they went and got McDonald's afterwards. <laughs> and so Joe C. comes with his Final Four bag, and as he wraps up his speech, he pulls out McDonald's cheeseburgers. He's like, I bought 15 cheeseburgers for all of us to eat, uh, and started launching them out in the crowd. And I'm not going to lie, because you know when you're emceeing, you don't always get to eat. Yeah. I would have killed those cheeseburgers. Yeah. I would have destroyed them. But it was really cool. It was a great night. Little known fact of the emceeing game, um, you're starving afterwards because everybody else there is <laughs> eating. eating. Everybody else there is drinking, and you're busy. Not only are you busy, you certainly don't want to spill. Oh. I don't want to spill food on right. The exactly. Exactly. On a stage, so I never eat at an event. Sometimes when you got a live, you got to do a live event. You're like. Or do the the live auction. There might be a way where like I I gotta have something. Maybe it's a cup of coffee or mm -hmm. something to just get the mind right. But oof, the food was so good. So we celebrated 20 years of 2002. And Toby Rowland, it's game week. Finally, 15 minutes into the podcast. How are you feeling? I feel we don't really have we good. No time limitations here, Chris. There's no rules. No, that's one of the great things. Rushed. That's one of the great things about ESPN Plus too. They're like, hey, yeah, there's no there's no time on it. Meanwhile, radio affiliates are like, hey. Right. Hey, how are you feeling that that game week is here? So we we asked this question this morning. What are you most looking forward to? No one asks that question in sports radio, right? I mean, we did it for the first time in the history of breaking that. ground. Breaking ground. But it's been hard for me to quantify because I'm just so intrigued as to what this team is going to look like, right? All the talk of the off season, the the resetting of the culture, the foundation building, the holistic approach. It's been incredible the, the the soul mission the events that we've both been blessed to be a part of this offseason now now we get to see what a Brent Venables coached defense and and coached team looks like because everything that's led up to it has been awesome right everything about this offseason has been awesome since he took over so I know that's generic and uh, I'm, we'll get into the nuts and bolts. You got the depth chart out in front of you. I just, 
I'm really intrigued to see how Brent Venables coach coaches and how this looks. I agree with you completely. Uh, it's been eight months of buildup and um, really nine months by the time the game gets here, almost a buildup. And everything about, you know, him st- from when he stepped off that airplane mm-hmm. to now has been fascinating to watch. I've said this many times, but it is obvious he arrived with a plan. If he was going to be a head coach, what he wanted his program to look like to be able to succeed from putting his scouting and recruiting department together to, um, you know, you mentioned all of the things that they've tried to do. There's Barbara, all of the, the, Nate, uh, toward the fishbowl, sorry, (laughs) Uh, to put, um, you know, to help the well-roundedness of the student athletes and um, and then the the unbelievable job they've done in recruiting the last two months from off the radar to even this week getting more uh, great news from them on that front. It sounds like fall camp has gone fantastic. And now we've just got to do the little thing called play football. <laughs> and all of the goodwill, you know how this works, all of the goodwill that has been built up over nine months – if UTEP takes the ball and drives it down the field and scores on the opening possession, right out the window. You know, I mean, right. it's like, what are we doing? Exactly. Oh my God, we're going to be terrible. Yeah. So I don't think that's going to happen. I I have great hope, and uh, I think there's really a lot of reason to be excited about this team, about this season, and uh, certainly about the future of Oklahoma football with Brent Venables at the helm and the coaching staff and the program that he has assembled. You and I have done things a certain way for, I mean, this is our 12th year. It's our third different coach to, wow, you know, work under or for or with or however you say it properly. And each coach has done it a little different. So everything from <laughs> which shows are going to be to when are we going to do pregame interviews? How are we doing postgame interviews? What about halftime? What are pre, pregames? All kinds of stuff. There are all the nuts and bolts and details of our job that goes into getting ready for kickoff on Saturday. And there are a thousand of those still left to be tied up, which makes me a little bit of a nervous wreck at this point. The football <laughs> stuff, I don't really, I'm not really worried about it. I feel like they're going to be good. They're going to dominate UTEP. Hopefully uh, we're going to learn some things about this team on Saturday. And I think it's going to be a really, really fun season. So I, I can't wait for it to be. And I'm excited to see Sooner Nation back together again. Sure. You know, it, it's Listen, the Palace is a special place. This is a special fan base, and there aren't too many places, if any, like Norman America on a college football Saturday. And it looks like we're going to get a beautiful day on Saturday, and I, I can't wait for it to come alive again. Anything catch your eye on that depth chart that you're looking at yeah, right a few, now? A few things. Um, let me put my old man glasses on here. By the way, I don't have mine, and I'm in big trouble right I'll, now. I'm trying to read. <laughs> I'll, I'll pass these to you. Here okay. Okay. okay well, let's start on offense. Uh, Davis Bevel named the backup starter, if I'm reading this correctly. Uh, so that's not a surprise, but right. that was a question that we had. He's got. Do you know what? Now that you mention it, I haven't even looked at that. That's a really, really good point. He's got General Booty or Nick Evers at third string, but Gabriel starting. Bevel has been named the backup. He's the pit transfer. I don't know if you've seen him in person. Big dude. Tall guy. 6'6", 225. Here we go. I can zoom it out. I'm good. You good? I can see. Um, Eric Gray, named starter at running back over Marcus Major. I don't think there's too much to read into that. I think they're both going to play a lot. Tommy Walker is right there with Javante Barnes, which is a great story. Uh, Obviously, he's not just thrown in there for practice reps. We saw him in the spring game. He was very impressive, and he's on the depth chart here. Uh, nothing surprising at tight end. Willis, then Parker, and then the two freshmen. I think Willis and Parker are going to play a ton. Uh, wide receivers, great to see Theo Weiss. He's listed as the starter at one of the wideout spots. Back from injury this year and obviously has had a good fall to earn the start there. The other starting wideouts, Marvin Mims and Jalil Farouk, Mims and Stoops. Stoops playing behind Mims at the slot receiver. And then Farouk uh, at the other receiver. Nothing surprising there. And the line, we've kind of, uh, you know, seen enough at practice and heard enough 
that were expecting this. It's the starters you would expect. Anton Harrison, left tackle. McCabe Mattalier, left guard. Andrew Rames at center. Chris Murray, right guard. Wanye Morris at right tackle. I do think we will see the Jakes. Uh, I do think we'll see Conjul and Savion Bird and Tyler Guyton. And, uh, but that's the expected starters on offense. So I would not qualify anything offensively as a surprise, but a couple of things interesting there, most notably for me, that Bevel won the backup quarterback spot. What about you? Um, you need these? You good? No, I'm oh. good now. I'm good, I think. Maybe there was a little bit of surprise in that I had heard so much about Gavin Freeman. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I guess maybe when you have experience like Mim Stoops and Bunkley Shelton in front of him, it would be expected that he would be a little lower on the depth chart. Kind of shocked to not see him in the punt return, the kick return game. But that's just, you know, that's a, a walk, a preferred walk on that will probably be really good in time. Um, you know, we talked to Bill Beanbow, and I'll just share this with you guys from Coach's Corner. He did say, listen, just because that's the depth chart doesn't mean that that's who's going to start come Saturday. But I, I do Toby's got to have something. Right. So just to shut him up, we've listed <laughs> this depth chart. Um, my buddy Robin Tulsa texted and was surprised that Grimes got the nod over Stripling, and then that Stripling is battling with R. Mason Thomas. Uh, on the defensive side of things. We haven't got to defense. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Let's go there now. Go ahead. But, I mean, just on offense, I'm with you. I think it was pretty much as expected. I know that um, some of the new additions at running back, like Gavin Sawchuck, aren't on the the, the roster but depth chart, but I think you'll still see them. Now, on the defensive side, we had Todd Bates on coach's corner. I mean, that's the only place where you kind of have an aura starter. But in the same vein, T-Row, I mean, look at those fours. Jordan Kelly or Jalen Redman, Jeffrey Johnson or Isaiah Cole. Um, Kevin Gilliams put on almost 30 pounds of, of muscle, and he's running just as fast, Todd Bates told us. So he's right there in the mix. And, you know, there's that freshman. Teddy's been talking about 56. When he's been out of practice seeing 56, and there's Grayson Halton right in the mix. So at both edge positions, you have a freshman in the mix. And in the interior, which is a place where you don't see freshmen play a lot, to see Grayson Holton's name in that mix is interesting. Um, I know I saw our spotter chef making the joke about uh, the cheetah position and how everyone talks cheetah, cheetah, cheetah. I don't know if you could have two different types of dudes, even though I didn't realize that Harrington was 215. But Deshaun White and Justin Harrington, one, two at the cheetah spot was interesting. So maybe one on rundowns, one on potential passing downs. But – Names like Kendall Dennis in the mix at corner, DJ Graham backing up Woody Washington, Jane Davis getting the starting nod. I I thought the defensive side was fascinating with the depth chart. It is excitingly deep. That's the thing that captured when I looked at it, especially across that defensive front. There are some guys listed at third string that are exciting guys, yep. like uh, R. Mason Thomas, um, who we've heard ravings about in the mm-hmm. preseason, the freshman, Josh Ellison. He's listed as a third-string defensive tackle right now. Wow. They they look talented and deep across that defensive front. Um, I don't think the, that depth is there at linebacker. I think Aguebu and Stutzman are going to have to carry significant loads. Not that Jaron Canick, the freshman out of Kansas, can't play and won't play. Maybe he'll be ready to go right away. Shane Witter has shown some exciting things. Just not quite the amount of depth there at linebacker. Cheetah is a word I'm not sure I've said in my 11 years <laughs> during an OU football game, but I feel like will be said hundreds of times this year. You're right, and I think you've said it. I think you've diagnosed this. I think Deshaun White is your rundown, you know, Cheetah, and Justin Harrington is more when you're looking for five defensive backs. Think of it almost like a, a nickel position where we want a third linebacker in there. We go Deshaun White, and we want a fifth defensive back in there. Maybe Justin Harrington's the guy. Not that both can't do it, but I think that's why you see the different body types. Jaden Davis, maybe a little bit of a surprise to win one of the starting corner spots. I probably would have guessed DJ Graham. They've got DJ backing up Woody Washington on the other side. Um, but again, an exciting amount of depth in that defensive backfield. I mean, you're talking uh, a whole bunch of corners and safeties that I think have uh, – 
great ability to potentially play. And way to go, Billy Bowman, having such a good fall to earn one of the starting spots. So uh, this is exciting. I, I That's what jumped out at me defensively when I saw this is, and they're deep. They got, a, they got talent deep, except at maybe the linebacker position. But up front and in the defensive backfield, they got a lot of uh, – they got a lot of weapons. And it looks like Zach Schmidt won the kicking job. Yes. Yes. And, and Schmitty from Fitty. I can see that coming. Let's go. Yeah. I like that. Did you just come up with that? Um, speaking of just coming up with things, scene setter, done, ready to roll. Ready to Well, video's got to be added, but it's been voiced and music. I happen to see the, the script oh, yeah. for the um, intro video. Not too complicated. No. Just down, keep it, keep it down keep the middle. Keep it simple. Keep it down the middle. Early on, one more thing. I'll just get out of here. Fascinated by watching Brett Venables on the sidelines. Yeah. I have a feeling, I'm just warning you guys right now to get the radio side. There can be a lot of reports from down to the sideline with me relaying to Toby kind of the mannerisms, the enthusiasm, the Do you think he'll be restraint. different? Do you think he'll act differently now that he's a head coach? Yeah, and, and what, and I, what I mean by that is, I assume Sooner fans know he has been a very uh, colorful. It's a good way to put it. Energetic, uh, emotional, <laughs> um, active defensive coordinator. He, he's always needed the get back coach. He says he's not going to need one of those. Not going to need one now. What do you think, you buying? I think I am. Because are there are there going to be moments? Where he's going to be fired up and you might spot him out there on the hash mark? Absolutely. But I also think in every – anytime you say something and you talk about a person evolving, it's like, oh, so there was something wrong with him before? No, no, no. I'm just saying I think you evolve, right? And I think you take – he's taken a little bit of Dabo and a little bit of Bob and a little bit of uh, Coach Schneider and who am I leaving out here? Just a little bit of everyone that he's been with. And I think part of that is going to be part of who he is. And it's different when it's not just one responsibility. One of my favorite jokes he always says is, he's like, wow, man, I was just a linebacker's coach, you know? Right. <laughs> but now he's not. And I think yeah. he gets that. And yeah. Todd Bowles even talked about it. Said, hey, it's the same guy, same standard. But I just think come game day, I think Matt Wells has been good for him to have a guy that's been a head coach and has been through it. Um, I think, you know, having Thad and, and Woody, that turnip seed, Woody Glass to kind of help take care of any of the – you know, here's the responsibilities of a coach that is not something you do with a coordinator, coaches shows, press conferences, things of that nature to make sure they're all in line for him. I just I think it's gonna be same passion, just in a different way. A little yeah. more controlled way, maybe. I think you're probably right. We'll we just, see though. We just haven't seen it before. Uh, we haven't seen him in a head coaching role before to know if he dials it back. If right. he's capable of dialing it back. I think if he says he is, I believe him. I also think that there's probably been some meetings over in the football offices that don't include Brent that are like, all right, who's going to be in charge if he's right. not getting out there on the field? <laughs> <laughs> he's got a get-back coach that he doesn't he know, know he about has. it. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got the bungee ready just in case. I haven't um, dug too much into UTEP, which is one of the great uh -huh. things about having a full week now. But They didn't play very good. They didn't Saturday. play well against Seth no. Luttrell on Saturday night. No. Dana Dimmel's there now. Uh, he's their head coach. Of course, many, many years at Kansas State, and Brent knows him really well. They uh, The quarterback struggled for them. I think he was 21 of 48 passing. So um, didn't have a great night. But you know how this goes. They uh, This is the Super Bowl for them, and I'm sure they'll walk in here. The fact that they have a game under their belt is an advantage, and uh, I'm sure they'll play well on Saturday. That being said, I would be if, you know, I think Brent Venables won't tell us this, but would tell us this. I think he'd be upset if they got to 10. I think he feels like his defense needs to come out and make a statement. Uh, shutout would be great, but hold them to single digits. Offense is going to go fast, look impressive. I anticipate we'll see an impressive performance on Saturday on both sides of the ball. I think I like this. I hope so. That wasn't the case a year ago. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. We, we said a lot of the same things. And Tulane had the ball with a chance to win the opener. You remember yes. this, Chris, or yes. have you gone to therapy? No, and no, this out I've had some brain? therapy, but Nick Benito on the ankle, you know, that kind of saved the day. I think this is going to be a much uh, more relaxing season opener this year if you are a 
So it's going to be a celebration of the start of the Brent Venables era. Toby, have a great rest of your Monday. See you at Rudy's tonight. Thank you to the president think, for letting us I use this. I think this is going to work. Is, what kind of microphone? We can. I know, right? We we got a couch over here. We can bring in a, a studio audience if we want. Like Ma- maybe every Monday we have a studio audience for people to bring food. You bring food, you, you can be part you of the studio. Food, you will let Pot, you in. Potluck podcast is what we'll call it. All right, uh, for Toby Rowland, I'm Chris Plank. Check us out at OU on the Air on Twitter. Let's hear from Ted Roof and Jeff Levy from the pressers earlier today. We start things off with Jeff Levy being asked about Dylan Gabriel. Right, I think the first thing that comes to mind, man, is just incredibly accurate. So you see that all over the tape through his high school ball. You don't have that much production in high school and not have anticipation and inaccuracy. So when you're talking about the quarterback position, two huge things that we're always evaluating, always looking at, he has both. He's had both for a long time. So that was that was kind of the first part of it. And then does having a, a smaller quarterback change things at all as far as you know, what you do offensively? You know, it, it, it really doesn't. You know, He's a guy that, again, he's uh, – He's played at an extremely high level. Uh, I think we've asked him to do a lot of things through the spring and fall camp to get us to where we are today. Uh, and he's had great growth, and we're, we're in a good spot. Yeah? Coach, I wanted to ask you a little bit about just the backup situation with Davis. What did he do to kind of propel himself to that backup status? Yeah. And then a two-part question, going back to kind of what Ryan asked about Dylan. What do you remember about talking to him about his very first game as a freshman starting yeah. at UCF? Yeah, so the first part of it, Davis, is he's created predictable outcomes, and that's what we're looking for. We want to be able to call a play and have a really good idea of what's going to happen before he snaps it. And so he's done that. He's taken care of the football. You know, as a unit, we talk about it all the time, man. That's where it starts and stops. we got to take care of the rock and, and create good decision-making. He's done that. And, and I think part of that is because he's played ball. He's, he's an older guy. He gets it. He understands it. He's been through it. And that's why it was so important to get him here. And he's, man, he's done a great job. Uh, really has. And then with Dylan going back to his first start, it was actually the second week of his true freshman year. We go down to FAU, and he gets the nod. And, you know, I think the thing that, that I remember most about that is he was the exact same guy. You know, and that's that's who he is. Yeah, I, I fully expect for him to be the same guy Saturday at two fifteen, right before we're kicking off. So that's a it's a credit to him and who he is. Yeah, Jeff. Uh, Brent mentioned you and Joe John as the initial connections to Damian Washington. So yeah. I just wondering where, where that started and how important had the last three weeks been for him to get you know more comfortable with the room. Yeah, it was. It actually started with a dear friend that. Uh, that played with LD at Missouri and had a had a great connection with him that that worked with me uh, at a couple of prior stops and uh, he he's the one who actually introduced us LD's got an incredible story he's done a great job with the room with our guys right now he's fully capable and man just excited for his opportunity and what he's done with it so far James Hill you know Jeff you you already had a chance to see them once what do you think about their defense and as a second part of that your big playability, you feel like you have big playability in offense going into game one? Yeah, I think the, the first part of it is the first thing that jumps off the tape with UTEP is these guys play incredibly hard. Their front four is back, their mic backers back. These guys have played a bunch of ball and they play incredibly hard. So we're going to have to match that and surpass it to start. And and then the next part of playmaking ability, we've got guys that can make plays down the field. You know, we're, we're still going to be the group that takes what they give us and, and move the football that way. Hey, Jeff, uh, OU's got three quarterbacks alums that are starting in the NFL. And yeah. talking about Dylan stature, none of those guys are over 6'1", I don't think. Right. Um, is there something changing in the game of football that's allowed guys that maybe aren't that pro-style quarterback to have success and that you know may portend to what we can see out of Dylan this year? Yeah, I, I think absolutely. You've seen it trend over the past 8 to 10 years, you know, guys that hadn't been the prototypical NFL body but have had a ton of success. And Again, to me, it still goes back to accuracy, you know, and, and guys that are incredibly accurate in the pocket, outside of the pocket, and then their anticipation skills, being able to throw guys open and, and create windows for themselves, you know, so that they, one, can see, and then, two, be able to get it out of their hand on time. When you talk about accuracy, if you don't mind me asking, is there anything that Dylan, maybe even growing up, a drill or something he told you that 
he did to really try to hone that accuracy? He he's very very natural. You know, I think you can see that when when he's playing the game, he's naturally spinning the football. It comes out of his hand incredibly fast and quick, and and he's a guy that's always been able to put himself into good body positions to be able to get the ball out of his hand, create accurate throws, and he's uh, he's naturally done that and continued to to get better at it. Justin Martinez. Jeff, I want to ask you about Jaleel Farouk, maybe yeah. one of the starting wide receivers. Just what about him really impressed you so far this offseason? Yeah, I think the thing with Lil, man, is he's he's continued to, to mature. One, he's been the same guy in the building every single day. He's got this huge future, and I think he's just now starting to figure it out. And um, The guy loves to compete. He loves to play football, and he's to me, he's shown what, what we're all about as, as a unit, as a team. He's worked incredibly hard. He's been the same guy. He's been accountable. He's been dependable. He's been tough. And so those things have put him in a position to go do some some fun things this fall. Jeff, uh, position near and dear to your heart, offensive line. Yeah. How's the communication up there this yeah. uh, this preseason? Has it been? And was there anything in that process that that led to those five guys starting Saturday? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, the the communication piece of it has been really good. There's been great buy-in. They've bought into the tempo piece of it and playing fast and. And understanding how they've got to communicate and the urgency that we got to do it uh, with to be able to play the way we want to play, um, and and I think the biggest thing with those five guys that are going to get the nod on Saturdays, they've created a ton of consistency. You know, again, we know what we're going to get before we get it, and then there's you know some guys that are that are sitting there at, at backups that, that that'll play as well, so that have done a really good job. But that group, man, has done done a great job. We're in a really good place as a unit right now because of them. And uh, it, it's going to start. Uh, it's going to start up front, like always. Real quick, three of those five starters began their careers at another school. Yeah. Does that help a guy <laughs> pick up Portuguese, as, as a coach called it here? Yeah. Uh, I, I, just learning and being able to adapt. Again, I think like you look at it from Davis Bevel's standpoint, right? He's had to live something else to put him in a position to have success here and and win the two job. It's the exact same thing for those other guys. You know, they've had to live some other situations and circumstances and has created some maturity for them to be able to come in and, and get ready to roll. Yeah, Jeff, uh, Bill Snyder was always famous for doing his game plans in April. Do you do you game plan, like especially September games, right. do you game, game plan months early? Right. We do, What we do is we do what we call just a summer opponent. And so we've got guys that are support staff, guys that take summer opponents and, and Break them down and look at them, and then put together a uh, put together a game plan just to be able to get a jump. You know, especially for for early on games that uh, that you're not going to have a ton of tape on for sure. How does that change when you actually are playing somebody game one that's already played? Yeah, I think just being able to watch those guys Saturday night and then watch the tape, you know, all day yesterday and continuing to, to game plan and get get ready to roll. What it does is it just probably confirms some of the things that you saw on tape last year. Or, Maybe they're doing a couple of different things that uh, that you didn't see, but that's that's the biggest thing is confirmation of what happened the year before. Hey Jeff, game one here. Um, what are you looking for walking out of the game Saturday to say it was a success for your offense? Are there, are there certain numbers you're trying to hit? Just execution of certain looks? What do right. you says good first step to kind of build off throughout the season? The, the biggest thing is going to be uncommon effort and physicality. You know, we want to own the line of scrimmage. We want to be incredibly physical. Uh, we want to take care of the football. We want to run the rock, and we want to play clean ball. So that's that's what we want to do on Saturday. I'm not sure that's ever going to change, uh, but that's that's what we're looking for. Eli Jeff, on the depth chart behind Eric, you've got Marcus Majors, Howie Walker, and Javante Barnes. What do yeah. those guys do to land those spots, and how do you plan to kind of deploy that depth, especially these these first three weeks? Yeah, you know, we talked about it early on, but Eric's going to be the one that's going to lead that group. Uh, but Marcus, man, I think he's had the best eight weeks he's had since he's been here. You know, and he's uh, he's worked in a great way. Again, to me, talked about it with Jalil, but this guy's been accountable. He's been dependable. He's practiced hard. He's practiced tough and excited about where he's at. And then Tawi, you saw him in the spring game even. Just he's done a great job of, of taking every opportunity he's had and make, making the most of it. And with Javante being here in the spring, there's been great growth there. So feel good about him as well. Jeff, just having had a few different jobs and 
kind of stepping into a year one type situation. What's it been like kind of now that you've had a full off season, preseason to go through, what's it been like seeing this staff evolve, the program evolve in year one, especially considering it's Brent's first time as yeah. a head coach? Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's been great for me being able to sit here and, and learn every single day, get better every single day. I think the the best thing about our staff, man, is iron sharpens iron. Coach talks about that all the time. We've got an incredible staff on both sides of the football. And, and so being able to sit in there and mind melt and plan and talk ball, uh, just continuing to get better every single day and having great uh, confirmation from each side of the ball that, man, what we're doing is, is stressing people and, and making it hard, but it's been, uh, man, it's, it's been a joy. It really has. Hey, Jeff. Um, Marvin Mims listed at the starter slot. Do you see him moving around, or is that what a lot you want to do offensively with him in that slot position? Yeah, it'll all kind of depend on the flow of the game and, and how it all unfolds, but Marv's a guy that, uh, again, is, is very, very talented and look forward to to where he's at right now, but look forward to where he's going too. So he's uh, he's done a great job of, of understanding what we're asking him to do, and and he's got a chance to go play fast and make some plays for sure. Hey Jeff, you talked a few weeks ago about wanting to be aggressive with the install of the offense during the, during the preseason. Yeah. Just what have you seen to that end in a few days? You know, before the season opener, where is this offense at? Yeah, I, th- I think we're in a really good spot. We were aggressive again. We were trying to stress those guys in fall camp mentally and physically. Our guys took took to it and uh, they, uh, they they responded in a great way. You know, they've spent a ton of time in the building on their own, uh, learning exactly the, the ins and outs and, and what we're wanting from a day-to-day standpoint. And and again, I, f- I feel good about where, where we're at today for sure. Third row, Mason Young. Jeff, just uh, how was the tight ends group impressed in the lead off to the season? And uh, what do you expect more specifically, I guess, about Brayton and about David Parker? Yeah, you know, the the very first day of fall camp, stress to those guys, man, and the entire unit, uh, take pride in practicing every single day. And those guys took pride in practicing every single day. And we asked those guys to do so much um, inside the offense, and and they've taken to that. And I could not be more excited about those two guys and and what they're going to do on Saturday, whether it's catching the ball or playing in the core, whatever it is, these guys have owned it, man. And... uh, just, just thankful for both those guys and and uh, excited about what they're going to do for us. Back to Barry. Yeah, Jeff. The uh, hurry up offense, teams that play fast, occasionally, it's been some uh, some friction with the defense because you're you're getting your defense back out there. In your career, Baylor, UCF, Ole Miss, everywhere, how have you managed to avoid that if you have? And what do you do to placate a defense and say, yeah. hey, guys? We could use a rest over here. Well, there's there's constant conversation through the flow of a game and understanding when you have to balance that, you know, and and finding different ways to tempo and and create exactly what you're wanting from a team standpoint. So that's that's not going to change. There'll be great conversation throughout the game to make sure that we're we're doing that and one taking advantage of playing fast, but also understanding situations when we need to pull back if if we need to. Let's go back to Ryan Chapman. Jeff, you mentioned depth on the offensive line. you got new faces at backup spots and Guyton, Sexton, Taylor. What have you seen out of those guys throughout camp that you spent confident? Yeah, Tyler Guyton has been been really, really good. You know, he was good in the spring. He had a great summer. Um, Looking for big things from him, you know, to to continue to push and, and excited about where he's at. Jake Taylor, Jacob Sexton, these are both guys that weren't here in the spring, but you see him on the two deep and it's a credit to them, and they've come in and did an unbelievable job this summer with Schmitty of put themselves in position to, to compete and be be called on and be, be guys that we can call on and feel good about it. So excited for for them to be such young guys and be able to do what they're doing right now. Coach, I know there's competition all the time to get on the depth chart, become a starter. Which position group was the most? competitive and which one you look at and said, man, these guys are really, it's hard to pick who we're going to go with. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's hard to pick as far as who we're going to go with, but the guys that I thought did the best job competing off all camp were the tight ends. Uh, Braden Willis, Daniel Parker, Caden Helms, Jason Llewellyn. I'm not sure Jason's not the most improved player on on our entire offense from the spring, what he's done for himself, uh, just putting himself in a position to to go out and do some things if, if he was needed. But, uh, man, those guys are steady, and uh, that's that's what we're looking for. We're talking about 
uncommon effort, physicality, accountable, dependable, tough. That's what they are, and so proud proud of that group. Last one, John Hoover. Oh, that was my question on the two Jakes. So I'll go James. Uh, Andrew Rain yeah. didn't get to go through the spring. He yeah. comes back and wins the job over a very good player. Oh, or yeah, I'm sure you know. But talk about Rain and you know coming back and really getting that job. Yeah, Rain's done a, done an incredible job through fall camp. So looking for great consistency, toughness, edge and the guy that's going to set the tone from a tempo standpoint. Best tempo teams we've ever been a part of was it started because of the center. And Rame, uh, man, Rame's got it and had a, had a great camp. And we wrap things up today with Ted Roof from his presser earlier today. Uh, as, a, as a coach, you hurt for all your players when they become injured, and that's the, that's the bad part of a great game. Uh, and so I, I hurt for all our guys when they're injured. And at the same time, yeah, I've, I feel bad for him uh, because he put so much into it, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's an unfortunate break, but uh, that's the way it goes. And so, there we are. Are you guys going to look for a medical year for next year? Or? Well, he's about thirty years old, so we're st- <laughs> we're like uh, trying to figure out what the next step is. Yeah. Let's go to uh, Ryan Aver. Yeah, Ted. We look at the the uh, depth chart today and see yeah. Sean Blight and Justin Harrington. Spot. Yeah. What what is it about Deshaun? Well, each of those guys, but especially Deshaun, that makes him the right uh, fit there. And uh, just what is it about that position that helps make this defense, uh, you know, what it's been? Well, it starts with the the versatility, uh, the ability to play play coverage, and at the same time be physical enough to get in the box and uh, and be efficient in there. So a lot of versatility there. Uh, you know, when you start looking at the the overall skill set and job description of that position and that's where it starts uh so that's that's where we are but uh just Deshaun's had a great camp uh has adjusted really well because you know he was playing Will earlier in camp and we moved we moved him to the cheetah position uh but he still has the ability to play Will as well and uh you know with Justin uh, he is he's worked extremely hard been extremely committed and uh, approach this thing in the right way, and he's had a, he's had a good camp as well. So, uh, again, with the versatility of the skill set, uh, he has that's what fits him. Sure. Coach, we're looking. Of course, the depth chart came out. I want to ask you about Reggie Grimes and just what he's done to kind of establish himself during camp to his spot. Yeah, he's really improved his uh, his physical presence, uh, the physicality of of what he's done from a. a Technique and fundamental standpoint. Uh, been real proud of Reggie. Uh, proud of his leadership. Proud of his work ethic. And uh, you know he's he's done a good job and had a really good camp. Kind of the same question I just asked Coach Levy. You know everyone's competing for spots. Is there a specific position group where you look at and say that competition was pretty fierce going into Week One? Well, you know you hope they're all fierce, uh, and I, I really feel that it has been that way. And this competition is not over. This is just a starting point. Uh, that you know the depth chart reflects daily performance. So this thing is very fluid and will will change several times over. Then you throw the injuries and injury bug into it and things like that. So it's a it's just a, it's a starting point. It's where we are right now. It's what players have earned to this point. And uh, you know excited about the improvement and development and moving forward, evaluating that and uh, the depth chart reflecting that on a daily on a daily basis. Sure. Yeah. You know, Coach, talk about UTEP's offense and what you see out of them. And also, you've got you know, a lot of youth at your depth position, so you must be pretty happy with the recruiting class you guys brought in and how some of those guys have performed in camp. Uh, let's start with UTEP, okay? Um, you know, very, very uh, experienced play caller. The head coach is, you know, worked with Coach Venables at Kansas State, so there's some familiarity there. And I have a lot of respect for for what they do and how they've done what they've done. Um, a quarterback heavy driven offense. They put a lot. Uh, they give him a lot of autonomy. It looks like, and uh, he does a great job of recognizing things. And they do a lot of checking, you know, getting them to the right play and things of that nature. So a lot of, and he's also throws a great great deep ball. Uh, he can make all the throws. You know, the the field outs, the field 
corner routes. He makes all the throws uh, and has mobility to move the chains with his with his legs and to extend plays. So uh, you know, have a lot of respect for him. And this the experience you can tell he's a really really salty vet. Um, so again, and then you know they're very very multiple. Um, they play it they play it in basically five. Uh, five personnel groupings they play the game in. So, you know, you have everything from, from A to Z to, to prepare for. Uh, so in, in the understanding that and, and how you build a game plan to, to make sure our guys are ready for the, for the versatility that they have. Um, you know, they have – you look at last week's game um, and you see the final score, but then if you, like, watch the game, you look at the fourth and one that you know they had a mishap on that that could have been a touchdown. The the scramble that could have been a touchdown. The missed field goal. So all of a sudden you know you're looking at 30 points with just like that. So I, I don't think that was indicative of you know of, of the score. Maybe it was indicative of how tight that g- game really was or could have been. Um, so uh, they've got big play receivers and they 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 thrive on the explosive plays. Big big play receivers. Uh, a downhill running back that ran for almost a thousand yards last year. Um, you know they've got a receiver that was a high school quarterback, Flores, that you know had nine catches this week, and is they use him some in wildcat situations. So uh, there's a lot of flexibility and uh, and versatility in their offense, not only with uh, personnel groupings, but the personnel within those groupings. So uh, that's a, that's a big challenge for us, and uh, you know, but we're excited. We're excited to go play a game. You know, to play somebody else. Uh, we're tired of playing our. We're tired of playing our offense. Uh, we're ready to play somebody else, and it'll be uh, as coaches, you know, to, to see where we measure up, to see where we are, to see what we what we do well, you know. Once the light comes on, and you know, the areas that we'll need to improve in the most, because there'll be there'll be both. There'll be some both. So it's just, you know, this is what you what you work for, you know, the, to be able to to get to this point in the season where it's time to play a game in uh, in our stadium in front of our fans that. Uh, that our guys can't wait, and as coaches, we can't wait to watch our guys play. You know. Second row, Ryan Chapman. Hey, first game of the new defense. I know it's just a starting point, but for you, you mentioned all that. What for you coming out of Saturday would be a success? Is there certain numbers you're looking to hit? Is it just execution in certain situations? What well, what for you is a success for for game one? A success is to see our guys execute, play physical, play hard, and. Uh, Come out on top, uh, and to to play to play the, the entire football game like that, uh, you know, and to see how we respond when negative things happen and adversity comes, because that happens in every football game. Uh, so all those things, how our guys play together, the leadership, uh, like I said, the physicality, the execution of the defense, all those things that uh, you know, how we play with our backs to the wall. Again, you know, when adversity strikes, how do we respond? Um, so. All those things, yeah. It's not like one thing. It's like a a mountain of things, you know. Yeah. Third row, Mason Young. Ted wanted to ask about uh, Jaden Davis. What kind of camp has he had, and how has he kind of flashed leading up to the start of the season? He's had he's had a good camp. Uh, he's been very solid, uh, very productive, uh, physical tackler, and uh, has like shown some leadership. And so I've been proud of him and his camp. And uh, again, you know. Looking forward to watching him play. Ted, curious from off season and preseason, what's it been like seeing Brent kind of operate as a first time head coach trying to instill culture? What's it been like seeing that from your perspective? He's been fantastic. Uh, a very, very, very strong, powerful leader uh, that leads the whole team and is involved in every aspect of our program. Uh, and has set uh, a very clear vision for our staff and for our players, and uh, you know a, a passion about improving every day. And, and, and he cares about kids. He cares about our players. And all that being said, that to continue to push and get the very to make them the very best version of themselves that they can be, uh, it's it's been great to watch, and uh, uh, he's been very impressive. And uh, we've all learned a lot from him. Player side of things. Is- difficult from your experience is it to kind of create that buy-in to, to get them to actually buy into what you're preaching as a coach well I think there's a lot of factors that go into the level of buy-in uh, I think uh, 
you're at a place like Oklahoma that has a standard that's here. Uh, and our guys understand that and the responsibility uh, that comes with, you know, playing to that standard and uh, that has been established by the people that both coaches and players that have come before us. Uh, so that that's a big, the, the character in your locker room, right? What type of what type of character do you have? And our guys are our guys have been great. Uh, they've been very engaged, uh, buy into the nth degree, and I, I, we've we've been very pleased and uh, very appreciative of that fact so far. All right, side John Hoover. Yeah, Ted, on the, a little more on the cheetah position. You've got a, a, a middle linebacker, guys played middle linebacker, and you've got a guy who last year played cornerback, playing the same position. What I'm wondering is who coaches that position. Uh, I, I coach that position. You coach the, the cheetah. Yeah, and that guy that played corner, he's he's significantly bigger. Yeah. Yeah, he's put, he's eating pretty well. And, uh, yeah, so he's he doesn't look like a corner anymore. Yeah. Has that evolved since the spring? Because previously we were talking about Trey Morrison and Justin Broyles as the nickel. Now it's two other guys as the cheetah. How's that changed? Uh, I think that, uh, again, we still have all those packages, but the, the flexibility that those – those players present us, uh, you know, because as you go through practice, you evaluate everything. And as a coach, you learn more about your people as you go, as it goes along. We certainly learned more about, more about those guys and where they fit, what their skill sets are, uh, what they're good at. And, uh, you know, just feel like that's, that's where we are. And that's, that's what's best for our defense right now. And then in the spring, it was Trey Morrison who said he's being coached by Jay Belay, spending all his time with Jay Belay, but now he's playing safety. So being coached by Brandon, is that Brandon? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, and then, you know, we've got a lot of guys that uh, learn a lot of jobs, and so we don't we don't like silo a guy. You know, if a guy if a guy can handle it, so uh, there's a lot of a lot of versatility and flexibility to your question. Sure, yeah. Yeah, Ted. Uh, Any more? Most teams play up tempo to some degree. Uh, how in your career have you dealt with that when your own team, your own offense wants to play really fast? Because it can compromise that team's defense. Levy and his background particularly likes to play fast. What kind of discussions go on to where you're able to say, hey, we need, to, we need a little bit of relief here? Well, the first time that I really experienced that was at Auburn uh, when I was a defensive coordinator there and we went really fast. Uh, but as a defensive coordinator, I don't. I'm, I'm sure you guys probably have looked at our contracts. I got no fine print in there that says we only play defense when. Our job is to our job is to stop them, regardless. And whatever whatever Coach Venables feels like is gives us the best chance to win. We're all in, man. Uh, and I, I know what uh, what pressure that puts on on a defense uh, on a daily basis. So uh, it's. It's fantastic. It's what we do. It's who we are, and that's how we that's how we handle our business. So, um, you know, that's 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 the deal. Hey Ted, when we first I think maybe the first time we talked to you, you mentioned that um, you wanted this to be a blue collar program. Work had to be part of the equation. After you've had this time with these guys and where you are now, do you feel like you're blue collar? Have these guys worked to the level that you're you're pleased with? Absolutely, we're blue collar. There's no question about that. Absolutely, um, where I've been really, really pleased with how our guys. Again, going back to the the buy-in, the work ethic, the commitment. Uh, that's been that's been fantastic, and I'm really, really proud of our guys for that. Uh, do we have a ways to go? Absolutely. Do we want to be a lot better at the end of the season than we are right now? One hundred percent. But up to this point, I've been really, really pleased with the, the buy-in and the work ethic and the level of commitment that our players have exhibited. Was there a point where you sensed the guys really embracing that, or has that been a day one thing with your guys? Uh, I don't think it was day one because you, you don't know. You know, day one is day one. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out where to go in the building and day, day one, you know. So, uh, but that's 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 part of a process that you go through as a coach, that you go through development as a team, that you learn about your players, your players learn you. Uh, and so, and the expectation level, the standard, all those types of things. So uh, again, I've been 
been very pleased and very appreciative of their work ethic and their buy-in to this point. Last two questions, Eli Latterman and then Jesse Griffin. Kind of away from game week, but been in a lot of places. How did Clemson and maybe towards the atmosphere being coached there differ with, with Dabo and you know, are you seeing some of those elements now here within the culture difference? Uh, I see some similarities, sure, because the, their beliefs are they aligned, and uh, you know certainly uh, this is Oklahoma and Coach Venables is our head coach, and we're like aligned with him, and uh, certainly have a lot of respect and admiration for both of them. But this is uh, Coach Venables has done this his way and his his beliefs, and uh, like I said, we're all we're all in alignment moving forward with this. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. Hey, Ted, I just wanted to ask you, looking at the depth chart, you got a, a few younger guys kind of at the top with Danny, Ethan, Billy Bowman, those kind of guys. Just what have you seen from some of these younger guys during, you know, the preseason? And how big is it when these younger guys kind of, you know, rise up to the top? Well, again, this is, this is performance driven. Uh, and I really don't care what class they're in. I don't care the name on the back of their jersey. I care about the name that's on the front of their jersey. And that's that's what we worry about. But, uh, you know, I think we've got a good blend of experience and some guys that so that, that are younger. And I think that, uh, you know, that that's that's the way it is. And, you know, every situation's unique. Every situation's different. Uh, but, you know, that's that's where we are. And that's what, that's what they've earned to this point. And, again, this is a... This is a starting point. This isn't a this isn't a finish line. This is a starting point for our players. So that's where we are. And uh, you know, again, I just want to put the guys to to give us the best chance to be successful on the field, and we'll go from there. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate. Proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate. Or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.